Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, Life Lessons and Conversations from the Garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little. This is Season 4, Episode 2, and the first guest interview for the season. Imagine you have a cup of something warm to drink, or maybe a tall glass of iced tea, because it's the middle of summer and it's sweltering outside. You're in the kitchen with a couple close friends or family. On the counter are bowls, measuring cups, canisters of flour and sugar, and the oven is heating up. Maybe in the background there's a raucous noise of kids running around, or maybe there's just background noise to your favorite radio station. You're chatting, mixing, baking, or cooking, and having a wonderful afternoon before you sit down to eat your concoction. That's the premise of Sherry Graham's Nova Scotia Kitchens podcast, my guest for today. Sherry, from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, is a teacher by trade, but also a writer, podcaster, and gardener. I first came across Sherry's podcast via a mutual online podcasting friend, Kelsey Wharton, of the Girl Next Door podcast another one you should add to your podcast feed. I've been hooked on the Nova Scotia Kitchens podcast ever since. In this episode, we talked about what life is like in Nova Scotia, Sherry's property and garden, and why she started the podcast and where she hopes to take it in the future. Sherry's personal and podcast Instagram feeds are beautifully curated with delightful scenes from the kitchen and beyond. All links to where you can find Sherry are in the show notes for the podcast on the podcast website, thegardenpathpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatching service if the option is available. You can drop me an email at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to reach out, and you can sign up for the monthly newsletter for the podcast at thegardenpathpodcast.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Well, actually, I hope it does rain. We need some. (laughs) so hot here. I'm holed up in my bedroom and I have the blinds all drawn to keep it dark so it doesn't get too hot. It's just it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so what is hot there? I mean, try to put some hang perspective. On. Hang on. I need to convert from Celsius to Fahrenheit. <laughs> check the weather. It is, it's like 38 Celsius with the Humidex. No, it's not. Actually, it did lower than I thought. It's 30 with the Humidex. So let's switch to Fahrenheit. 86? Ah, that's actually like kind of cool and comfortable for me. <laughs> it's extremely humid though. Is it humid? Yeah. 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 It's more humid too. We get a lot of coastal air as well. So it's pretty, uh, I, I mean, you go an hour North of here and it'll be like a hundred degrees or 105, but it'll still be like 90 or 95 here, but it'll feel like yeah. 105 because of the humidity. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, okay. oh yes. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're finally chatting. Um, so I guess maybe if you want to introduce yourself, um, you're my first uh, outside of the U.S. guest. So maybe talk about who you are and where you're from. Sure. Uh, my name is Sherry Graham, and I live in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, which is way down at the bottom end of the province. Uh, Nova Scotia is one of the maritime provinces. So they're way over on the far right, if you're looking on a map at Canada. They're a little blob kind of right on the water. Um, so Nova Scotia is almost an island. So it's surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean and the Bay of Fundy on one side. And we're kind of right down at the bottom on the left. And yeah, we live on 40 acres. We have a little farmhouse and we have chickens and bees in the garden. And I love it. I grew up here and then I went away to university and I got a job teaching students who are blind or visually impaired. Um, so that's what I do for my regular job through the school year. And then I do all my other things for fun. So where did you where did you go off to school at? Just in New Brunswick, which is the next province over. Right. <laughs> so okay. Really, okay. <laughs> Thomas, I'm going to New Brunswick. 
<laughs> yeah, I was looking up because you, you said you're from Yarmouth. I looked up to where that was, and it's actually almost you're probably a little further south than like Bar Harbor. So, um, which I was surprised to see that you know it dips that far down, but um, that was cool. Yeah, it does. And there's actually a ferry. The Cat Ferry goes between Portland, Maine, and Yarmouth. Okay. So there's kind of a connection there. And historically, there's always been a big connection with Boston and Yarmouth back in the shipping days and that sort of thing. So so we're very close to Maine. And a lot of people, if you want to pick uh, a state to compare Nova Scotia to, it would be Maine. It's very similar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All your photos are very pastoral, which is what kind of makes me think like very farmland and rolling hills. Um, mm-hmm. Is the whole is whole of Nova Scotia like that, or is it? I mean, a little bit no, different in some areas. Looking at my back door is like that. We have, we have kind of a big. <laughs> Um, Nova Scotia's lots and lots of really rugged coastline. There are some beautiful sandy beaches with water that looks almost tropical on the South shore. Oh. And there's lots of really rocky, just, yeah, rugged, wild, beautiful coasts and cliffs and stuff kind of all around the whole province. It's mm-hmm. different, different places. And then there's the Annapolis Valley, which is kind of partway between Yarmouth and Halifax, which is the capital city. And the valley is kind of the main farmland in the province. So that's, it's valley, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, apples, especially in the valley are a big, a big crop. So, okay. yeah, so there's lots of different kind of, yeah. And there's islands and there's marshy places and there's, yeah. But, it's pretty yeah. diverse. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, now, I don't know, like, does Canada have gardening zones like the U.S.? How do you guys quantify um that there are i don't know who makes these things up but (laughs) so i don't know where kind of the source is but whenever i've looked right here in yarmouth we're about 6b so i'm sure if that would be on the same scale or like by the same measurements that you guys would have them right it sounds kind of like it would be um i'm trying to think like i think 6b is um like margaret roach and uh have you heard of her way to garden uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think she's either 6A or 6B, and she's in, like, upstate New York, so that, would probably that, that sounds relatively right. Yeah, and we're, because we're so close to the ocean, and Yarmouth, this end of the province, is warmer than most of the rest of the province, so, like, our spring comes a little bit earlier, not much, but a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit warmer, so, yeah, I'm not sure what kind of the other zones, the other parts would be, but usually we're a little bit ahead of the rest of the problems, especially in the spring. That's when everybody, right. everybody else complains about it and tells me how jealous they are when my <laughs> bulbs are all up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, talk about, yeah, your spring and summer, your seasons, how long are they lasting? I mean, is it already starting to look like fall there right now, or do you still kind of feel that summer taste a little bit? One thing I love about living here is that we do definitely have four seasons. Um, so right now we are in the hottest part of summer, but our chest, we have a big row of chestnut trees out front and the leaves on those are starting to turn rusty and a few of them are starting to fall. I took a picture yesterday of my <laughs> like, oh, it looks like it's October. <laughs> but it's still super warm and like, it's definitely swimming weather and everything's in the garden is just coming right now. Like our sun gold tomatoes are just really starting now. So I can pick a few pints a day um, of those and the cucumbers are coming. And so all this stuff in the garden is really just starting to be ready right now so um usually the evenings they're just sort of starting to get a bit cooler now 
which is not really that cool. It still feels pretty hot, but mm-hmm. by the time October rolls around, you might get, you know, a few days that are pretty warm, but October, usually you start having to put the furnace on in the evening. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so October is usually when it starts to get cold. So January, February are the coldest months. And then, yeah, March kind of starts to warm up and stuff. But yeah, I love that we have four seasons. We don't usually have snow that sticks around though. Um, Cause usually it'll turn to slush and melt or we'll get like a, just a slushy ice storm. We get a lot right. of it rather than like snow that piles up. That's nice. We get it very occasionally, but yeah. so, so you have 40 acres. Um, what are you doing with most of that? Is it, are you running cattle or is it just pasture? So I wish we were, and I was just talking about this <laughs> the other day It's because we have, so our house and we have two barns and our garden and that stuff's all right by the road. And then behind the house, there's a huge field. And I would love to have somebody else bring their cattle here. I love cattle, but I don't want any of my own. Yeah. <laughs> see them there being productive. Um, but it's not fenced. So fencing would have to be done. So, yeah. So it's there. And we keep it mowed, except the guy who's supposed to do it didn't do it last fall. So we have lots <laughs> of cranberries and blueberries, which was nice. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And then we have a woods that go all the way back to a lake. So the, my dad comes and he and my husband cut all of our firewood for the winter. We have a wood furnace. So they cut that all from our land and then we use that to heat the house in the winter. And then we have a little camp on the lake at the back of the property and yeah, go swimming. And yeah. Is that the, is that the building <laughs> you take photos from your back door? Is that the building that you see kind of in the back of the photo or is that a different, like a shed? Yeah, the bottom of the hill. That's one of the barns. Oh, Okay. Yep. And, but the other one, it's a little red cabin and it's got a little bunting flag on the top. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. So it takes probably 15 minutes or so to walk back, walk back. Okay. Yeah. So in the barns, we have two barns and one of them, half of it is chicken occupied. And then the other barn has our bee stuff and the lawn tractor and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So up front, like, how's your garden set up? You have raised beds or do you guys just plant directly in the ground? So I have for vegetables, I have raised beds and those are, how many do I have now? One, two, I have five raised beds and we had four long in-ground rows. And this year I finally gave up. I just, (laughs) the bindweed, the bindweed is an incredibly, incredibly amazing plant. (laughs) I try to respect it. Sometimes I'm like, it drives (laughs) it's completely taken over everything in ground. So um, I've kind of given up on those and then we'll put more raised beds where those are. Um, and so in the raised beds, I've got potatoes that I need to dig. <laughs> I've got, I've got lots of herbs. I've got oregano and I've got, what else do I have over there? I have, I have different things in different places. I've got sage over there and I've got strawberries and I've got lavender because it's my favorite and asparagus and rhubarb and cucumbers, lots of tomatoes in right now. And a cucumelon plant, which is pretty exciting. I love those. Are you getting a lot of fruit on that one? Yeah, quite a bit. Not as much as last year. It's been really, really dry this summer. So I've been watering a bit. We have a drilled well, so we have water. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've not been getting nearly as many as we did last year. And I think it's probably just because it's been so dry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of, I just, this is my first year growing the cucumelons. And I've only had a couple fruits. And I kind of wonder if we've had a drier summer than the last couple summers. So, you know, we have a watering system set up and everything, but I wonder if they just need more water or what they've grown like crazy, but they're not fruiting. So I'm just curious when other people are 
growing yeah, something I'm growing. Sorry. Um, my plant looks really good. Like there's tons of leaves and it's really healthy and green, but there's just not as much as there was last year. And then I was, I was trying to remember, I didn't write things down cause I never remember to. Um, but I think we may have had more last year, like into September. So I think it might just be a little bit earlier now right. than for last year. So, but they're so good. My kids think they're so funny cause they just look like, <laughs> melons and they're so cute <laughs> yeah I like I said I've only tasted a couple and try I'd like to get my son because like you said they're cute and maybe yeah. kid friendly so yeah they're super cute um so we have those kind of a little ways away from the house and they have a big deer fence around them because we have lots of white-tailed deer here that will just mm -hmm. So that works really well. We got it from Lee Valley. I don't know if Lee Valley is Canadian. I think it's Canadian, but I don't know if you guys I, I, had, I think I've heard of it before, but I have not, there's definitely not any in Texas. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Uh, so if you Texans can order online from Lee Valley, <laughs> L-E-E -E, Valley, um, they have the best gardening, everything, tools, and mostly they do woodworking stuff, which oh. I know, but they have really, really good garden stuff. So we have like a hori hori knife from them and a really great spade and like, it's just really good quality stuff that you mm -hmm. spend a bit more on, but it'll last you forever. Right. Uh, except for their deer fence, which is what I was talking about. So they have a really mm -hmm. inexpensive deer fence that's like nine feet high, and it's only like $27 Canadian a roll of 100 feet. Oh, wow. Put in your big stakes and whip it up in no time. Uh, that's one of my favorite things, actually, because it kept it keeps you from having to put in a more permanent thing or something that's more expensive. and keeps the deer out so i love that right <laughs> no i like that idea I, we have we also have a deer problem so we have a fence as well but ours is permanent and but i like your idea because then you could move the garden if you you know decide you'd want to change locations whatever yeah and i'm thinking i might want to move them closer to the house because they're just far away enough that it's kind of a pain it's sort of like oh do i really want to go all the way over to <laughs> whatever right to harvest i'd like to do this yeah so, so we have those and then I have, I've always loved flowers and herbs. Herbs are really kind of how I got started into gardening because um, they're so easy <laughs> they're yeah. and beautiful and they smell amazing and they're delicious. Um, so I have another bed kind of on the south side of the house under the kitchen window where I have a lot of herbs um, and then, yeah, also some flowers and beautiful things. I have a rose of Sharon that's in bloom right now. Oh, nice. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. Um, and then I put another flower bed on the south side of the garage because, well, I could. So, <laughs> so I'm doing that with all kinds of stuff this year. And I have a few pots around the house and stuff. So, yeah, there's always things getting planted. <laughs> right. Yeah, I saw your um, the one by the garage that you were worked on this year. I think you did a Instagram yeah. stories with it. So, yeah, it looks good. It's coming along. Thank you. It is. And I can't wait till everything's because everything's really small and new now, but in a few more years and everything kind of fills in and it's all lush. And yes. I can't. <laughs> so do you bring in a lot of compost or how do you, how did you get your bed started? So for some of them, before the bindweed took over my chicken manure pile, <laughs> I was using a lot of that, but now whenever I move that, I'm taking around a lot of bindweed with it. So I've stopped doing that, and that's just composting down by the barn. Um, I've tried planting pumpkins in it a couple times, but this year none of my pumpkins took. Mm. But um, I just got a bunch of bark mulch and just laid that over top of the grass that was there um, and then just kind of planted in there. And as I would put something in, I would just make a nice big hole and put lots of compost in it. And Okay. Yeah, and then bark much all over the top. But my chickens, 
who have not been up by the house lately, thankfully, they <laughs> love to dig in the bark mulch. So they would just spread it all over the place. It was really oh. quite annoying. <laughs> but it's okay. I've been leaving it alone lately. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I haven't gotten chickens is because I know that while they're they're good, they give you eggs and they're so fun and cute and all of that. I know they can be problematic. So They can definitely be a pain. And I mean, you can pretty easily contain them. They're not very bright. So you, you can do like a... <laughs> A really easy temporary, like if you want them to go in somewhere and eat the bugs and stuff. But ours free range and they just kind of do their own thing and whatever. It's, it's and fun. You just, do you, you lock them up at night? Do you guys, I don't know, yeah. do, do coyotes or I don't know if you guys have wolves or anything like that. We have coyotes and mink and foxes oh. and weasels. Okay. And <laughs> we have all the things. <laughs> um, but for some reason, we have not lost any chickens since last fall. And that was to raccoons. Oh, they got, I think, three or four of them last fall. Um, but we have a rooster, which makes a huge difference. Um, and I know not everybody can have a rooster because, of course, they're noisy. But he, if he, he's always kind of watching. So if he sees a hawk fly over or if somebody starts the lawnmower, he panics and herds <laughs> all the, he herds all the hens together and takes them over somewhere safe. So... I am sure that the, the hens are really not very smart. Um, so I'm sure if they can have the rooster kind of keeping them, you know, where they need to be, then yeah, we would have lost more, but no, they've, they've done really well. So Good. Good. <laughs> 25 now. Wow. And, yeah. It's a fun little bunch. Um, <laughs> what kind of breeds are they? So most of them are barnyard mixes started from some Easter eggers that I got, which are also technically a mix um, that I got three years ago. So some of them lay uh, green eggs, greenish and like a nice minty pale green. So pretty. And I have some olive eggers too. And so they lay an olive green egg Mm -hmm. and some pale blue and some peachy kind of almost pinky ones. And we have a few brown layers. So they just are your regular what you think of when you think of a little red hen. Right. Um, two of those. And we have some white layers. They're just a white chicken that lays a white egg. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the best layers for sure. But the Easter eggers, of course, I like the colors of the eggs the best. And the hens themselves are so fun because they all look different. So a lot of them have like a beard or a muff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have crazy feathers on top of their heads. And some of them are stripy and some of them are speckly. And yeah, they're really fun. They're so much fun. Is there, do you have any that are like your kind of pet that you like to keep or, um, you know, they come to you and they see you sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's two of them that I just, they just crack me up They're One of them is one of my original Easter eggers. She lays white eggs actually. And she's white and has a little tuft on top of her head. And she seems to be the only one if we open. So we have a run attached to the barn and there's a door at the end. So sometimes we close them in. If we think they're laying eggs somewhere out in the grass or something, we'll leave the door closed. So they'll lay them in the boxes. <laughs> if the door is closed, she is the only one who will fly up and out. Cause there's no roof on it. It's just wire sides. It's like all the other chickens are just kind of not quite catching on that. They could fly right. over. <laughs> she's like, come on guys. And she flies out and just, yeah, does her own thing. And she's off and just, yeah, kind of off on her own doing her thing. I just like her. Spunk and she's got slate gray legs with white like nails, so she looks like she paints her nails. Oh, pretty cute! And her daughter is also (laughs) white with the funny tuft on her head, and her face is super pink. And she's the one who always like will come talk to me, so she'll just come walk around my feet when I'm down by the barns and 
yeah she kind of carries on she's really funny oh gosh it's like having little friends out there it is they all have their little personalities and then the white ones are so jumpy and so skittish so if they're in the nesting box and i'm going to collect eggs or whatever they just panic and run out and it's very funny it's really funny (laughs) (laughs) um you guys have bees too right we do. The chickens are more my thing and the bees are more my husband's. Um, but we have, we've had them for a few years. We lost both hives one winter and then we replaced them and we still have one of those hives. And I think I'm still not hundred percent sure. I put a bait hive next to it. So if they swarmed, then they would set up house next door. Right. So we may have two, but <laughs> we definitely have one. one. Um, and they're pretty, they're so much fun and they're so amazing. I love taking my tea down and just sitting and they're so gentle. A lot of people think bees are, you know, aggressive and are going to sting you and that sort of thing. But honeybees are very much, they want, they want to be left alone. They just want to do their thing. They're not going to come after you. We've each only been stung once in four years. Um, and one time I had a bee on my hand. I closed my hand on her, so I can't really oh, blame her. Right. Yeah. Um, if there's a honeybee on a flower, they're going to fly away. They're kind of for a hornet mite, but they're just the buzz and the hum of them. And they're just, Oh, they're so lovely. And they, the honey of course is delicious and the hives smell so good. And yeah, they're just, they're, they're amazing. And the more you read about them, the more you're just kind of like, Whoa, this is, they're way smarter than chickens. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we have bees as well. Um, we actually our hive in I think February, they, um, they they left and we're like oh well, crap so what are we gonna do and we ended up moving um ooh, it's thundering now <laughs> we ended up moving the hive somewhere else we have a top bar and it was closer to the garden and I didn't really like it there and so we moved it kind of further down the yard but then in May we just got a feral hive like moved in we we happened to catch it like as it was happening we're like what are those what's in the Scott, oh my god they're bees <laughs> and they're like just going in it was it was happened so fast within like 10 minutes it was crazy that's amazing so awesome. um so how do they compare to your original bees like as far as temperament and looks and stuff are they very similar um well my husband is it's his his thing is the bees as well I, um he said they were definitely a little more tame and they were a little more um i don't just less aggressive so yeah. and i walked it's kind of by our driveway about probably 15 feet away. And we walk down the driveway all the time and you know, they don't bother us or anything. So yeah. they're pretty cool. That's very cool. Maybe, maybe they don't tell your neighbors. Maybe it's their bees that moved in. <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't know about anybody else in the neighborhood that has bees, but um, I'm sure it's kind of a semi rural area. So I'm sure someone has bees around here. So yeah. great though. Good. Cool. Yeah. Well, so what do you guys do for bees, the bees in the winter? You said you lost them in the winter. How do you guys take care of them? Yeah. So they will hunker together in a ball. So from about November till about usually early April here is when they'll first start doing their flights. But this, the winter that we lost them, we had a really mild day in February where it was like 20 degrees Celsius, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. It was really hot for February. Like I was out in which here is just not something that ever happens. So a lot of the bees came out and they were all excited or whatever. And then it was after that, that we lost them. So Mm. I'm not sure if that had something to do with it or not. I don't really know. Um, But in the winter we take bales of straw 
because we styrofoam also works, but the chickens like to eat the styrofoam. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so we take bales of straw and prop them up around the hives and tie them with bungee cords on three sides. So that lets them retain some of their heat. Um, and then my brilliant plan this year was to take those at the end of the winter, since they were wet, I thought perfect for planting some pumpkins in, hmm. but they didn't work. Well, they kind of started, but then they didn't take. So I don't know why, but I'll try it again. <laughs> um, yeah. So then you just move those at, when it's warm enough and then they have their regular kind of ventilation and stuff again. So well, they have ventilation through the winter, but they have their, their own warmth. We'll keep them. Right. Right. Um, so I'm transitioning a little bit. So you're, you're into herbs and you have the food preservation and you have cooking. Um, and then you start a podcast about cooking. <laughs> um, so why don't we talk about that? Like how you got from just enjoying cooking and preserving and doing all the things from your garden and, you know, the farmer's market and that sort of thing to, to wanting to connect with other people in Nova Scotia and starting this podcast. Sure. So we used to live in a house in town, which I loved. And that was where we brought our boys home when they were born. And we lived there for almost 10 years. And it was a lovely old house in town with a fenced in yard. And the people I have the people who lived there before us really to thank for getting into gardening because they had planted over decades, they had planted the yard with all kinds of beautiful things. So, and some of which were, there was um, thornless raspberries were one of the edible, delicious things. Um, So having, oh, so good. So having that little space, and then we put in some raised beds when we lived there. Um, That's where I really got started. I learned to, I decided I wanted to learn to can. So I did that and uh, all the things. I was like, well, if I know how to do that, I may as well make cheese. I may as well figure out how to do this and that and the other thing. Right. (laughs) Then I got the bee in my bonnet that I really wanted chickens. Which uh, was it's still not allowed in town under the current bylaws, and I actually went to town council to have them changed and all that kind of stuff, and it didn't work. Mm. So I said, "Fine, we'll move out of town," and we did. <laughs> <laughs> now I have my chickens. Um, so yeah, and then when we moved here, I've just kept doing kind of all these things that I love, um, and I drive quite a bit for work. I cover a big geographic area of three kind of counties, so. One day I was driving along and I was like, oh, I feel like doing some new kind of extra project. Not because I have a lot of free time, but I just, I don't know, I right. something to do, as you do. And um, I was like, well, what are my favorite things? And so I really love to cook and I love to eat and I love good food. Um, oh, my goodness. My cat just came out. <laughs> so I did not. Here she is. This is Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Oh, she's sweet. She's so fluffy. She's such a nice <laughs> I had no idea she was under that startled me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so food and cooking food for people and having people together and visiting and talking about food is one of my favorite things. And visiting with people in their kitchen, like just having a chat about whatever and nothing yeah. and everything, you know, just kitchen chats are the best. Um, and sharing recipes. So I've blogged forever since I think I started my first one in 2004 And I just loved, I always have, that I can share a recipe and I know that you in Texas, for example, could make the recipe and have a close approximation of the same experience, which is like super cool. I just think think that's really, really cool. 
Um, so the cat's trying to get my water now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was and podcasting. I love listening to podcasts when I'm doing all this driving. So, and I've always thought for several years that I would love to have a podcast, but I didn't really have it narrowed down to kind of what I might want to talk about. And I was like, well, these are all my favorite things, and it just kind of came to me. <laughs> idea. I should go. I should invite myself to people's houses and ask them to feed me and record our chats for people to listen to. So that is what I do, and it's really really lovely. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. I feel like you could translate something else, you know, obviously to other regions. I feel like that could be a very Southern U.S. thing too, like the whole being around family or friends and conglomerating around food because that's what we do here in the South too. And um, no, and I love listening to the podcast because wait, the way you record it is kind of it's obviously not like what we're doing now. It's, you know, open air chats. Like you're, I feel like I'm sitting in these people's kitchens with you guys waiting, but I don't get the food at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just grinning like an idiot because that's exactly the feeling that I was hoping for. Like I want people to just have a chance to listen to something that is just a visit and it's lovely. And I want people to feel like they're there and enjoying it with us. So my husband actually does wedding and portrait photography and he does videos for weddings too. So he has the fancy audio recorder that I borrow. (laughs) I just set it up in the kitchen and it picks up everything. So I love all the little sounds of chopping and, you know, running water and all the kitchen sounds that you hear in a kitchen. I just think it's, yeah, it makes it really, Oh, cats knocking things over. (laughs) Yeah. It makes it, it feels home-like. And like you said, it almost feels like it's the audio version to almost a documentary to me. Like I'm just missing, you know, seeing the video of the water coming on that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I think that's kind of the magic of audio and radio and podcasts. It's just because so much to your imagination, Mm -hmm. but there's still so much that's there and it can be such a rich experience. And uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's kind of awesome. And then you know, I, I just do it for fun, really. And every time somebody actually tells me they listen, <laughs> and they, they enjoy it, I'm just like, what? <laughs> I forget that these people, other people listening sometimes, you know, I just get so caught right. up in things. So, yeah. So how did you, I mean, you just started out with friends and you've, you've re- re- branched out now to, you know, people you don't really know, but how, how do you wrangle people in? <laughs> I just, I just ask. <laughs> um, I would, yeah, I started off with people who I knew it would be fine. Like either, do you know what I mean? I knew, right. You know, would say like, of course you can go over and people who like sharing their kitchen recipes and stuff. Right. Um, and I have a list. I have a long list. The trickiest part is geographically. I am way down at the bottom of one end of the province and it takes well, about four hours to get to the middle of the province and then another oh. five hours to get to the other end. So sometimes I'm in the middle for work. So then I can kind of, you know, if I have to travel outside the workday, I might stop and work in a visit kind of, you know, in one place or the other. But right. it's really hard. And so I really would love to get up to Cape Breton is the other end of the province. It's kind of that whole end. Okay. And that's actually an island on as part of Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of a lot. I have a few people there who have said that they would like to be on the podcast, but it's kind of a huge commitment for, for yeah. travel and, and all that. So I'm hoping maybe next summer I might have kind of a 
week long trip or something and do a yeah. bunch of that'd be really fun. Yeah, record a bunch of episodes. You have them. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think I realized that. I mean, when you look on the map, it seems like Nova Scotia is kind of small, but I guess the roads aren't probably necessarily highways either. So, yeah, even the, high- <laughs> the highways are often like two lane roads, but that's the highway. <laughs> right. That's the highway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's population wise, it's not huge. There's under a million people in the province. Um, but yeah, it can take a while to get, <laughs> to get wow. from one place to another. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love to get more diversity, both in like geographic area. Um, and also, yeah, backgrounds and all kinds of things. So I'm kind of, yeah, working on my, all my plans. So yes. Maybe for what. So do people actually have their own idea of what to make or do you have things that you want them to make? Like, how does that develop? Yeah. So I kind of think, well, if I'm already inviting myself over to your house, I probably shouldn't also tell you what to make for me. (laughs) I kind of leave it open to people. Sometimes people ask, like they really want some kind of direction. So if we haven't, if I haven't posted, you know, a dessert in a long time or something, I might say, oh, pick a dessert or that sort of thing. But usually I ask people, what's the thing that you always take to a pot, a potluck or the thing that everybody asks you to make or that your kids love or those sorts of things, things that you make kind of all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the things people are more comfortable making and they're, they're kind of more likely to just be relaxed and, you know, at ease about making it. Um, so yeah, those are usually the sorts of things that, that people make, but if somebody asked for you know, specific suggestions. I could. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, you even went out on, it's your dad's lobster boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun episode. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. He lobsters are a huge, huge, huge thing in Nova Scotia, similar to Maine. Um, and my dad has always been a lobster fisherman and he just retired actually at, after that. Cause that post was last spring and he retired after that season, but he's still been going out with the guy who took over his boat and his license. So <laughs> hard to give up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really fun to go out on his boat with him. So I usually get seasick, but he was gracious enough to come in partway through the day and just pick us up and take us out for a few minutes. <laughs> so it would be over too long, <laughs> but it was really fun. So I guess, how long are you, are you at, at these people's homes? Um, is it taking a couple hours for you to record or, you know, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, putting all of the, some of these seem very time intensive too, like the risotto and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it all kind of depends. <laughs> it depends on so many things. So I plan on usually kind of, you know, the afternoon or whatever. Right. Uh, but it kind of depends like how long we chat about other stuff beforehand or if there's kids to get settled into some kind of activity in order right. to, you know, then move on to the cooking part. So I try to be like super flexible and it just kind of takes as long as it does, but it's usually a couple hours. Um, and yeah, that kind of depends on, yeah, children and interruptions and all those sorts of things. So yeah. it usually takes a couple hours, but each episode of the podcast is usually about 25 minutes. And that's not by any kind of design or limitations I've put on it. I just take the episode and as I'm editing the audio, I just edit out the stuff that seems like it shouldn't fit. <laughs> right. About the same length every time. There's a couple that are a little longer than half an hour, but those are the, the longest ones. So, yeah. yeah I was going to ask about the editing because that seems like, yeah, if you're recording for three hours, that's going to be some a lot of listening. <laughs> a lot of listening on the whole process really takes a lot of time. And the hardest thing is the scheduling and sorting out, you know, Time right. 
work and that sort of thing. But then it's the, yeah, the listening back that takes the longest thing. And I all the longest time rather. And I also take pictures. I love taking pictures. Oh, I love your pictures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it so much. So I try to capture a little bit of visually what you would have seen if you were actually at the visit with me. So the, all the pictures from each post are over at com on the website. So each post has the pictures and you can listen to the podcast either right through that post or you can subscribe to the podcast. And then I write a little blurb about the visit and put in any links for stuff that we've talked about and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. it seems like every kitchen is just like gorgeous. I'm like, I want their kitchen. I want their kitchen. I want their kitchen. <laughs> Come remodel mine. <laughs> it's so much fun. And it's tricky, though, too, because like, yes, I totally appreciate a beautiful kitchen. But I don't want people who want to share a recipe to feel like they can't because their kitchen isn't perfect or things right, like that. Right, right, right. So I really want, a, you know, kind of a nice range. And the last few kitchens have been kind of similar. And that just kind of has worked out because those are the people who were available at certain times when right. I was able to visit them. So it's, yeah, I'm really flexible about the whole thing and it's just going to kind of end up being what it is. And that's kind of the luxury of just doing it for fun is that it just kind of happens as it does. And yeah, it's fun. So I do one episode the first week of each month. So my September one, I'm, my son, Philip, who is 11, has been asking me for uh-huh months if you can be on the podcast awesome yeah the kids then go back to school and I go back to work next week so we're gonna record an episode with him about back to school and things he likes to eat and those sorts of things so we'll get that get that up that's fun yeah it will be it'll be really fun I don't have to travel for that one so that's kind of nice right (laughs) so I guess in your planning like where do you see your podcast going in the next couple years do you I mean since it's a labor of love and it's just something for fun you just do it as long as you enjoy it Yeah. So I would love, before I even started, I was like, okay, here's a list of the things that I would like to happen with this. And one of them was to have it mentioned in some other kind of thing. So within a week of posting the first few episodes, our local paper contacted me and said, can we do an interview? So I was like, this might be a good sign. Um, So it's (laughs) different places, which is really fun. And I would love to make it into a book. So I'm kind of Yes. So I'm kind of tinkering away at figuring things out for that. So I'm not expecting that would happen kind of really soon. Um, But I'm kind of planning somewhat around that in order to, yeah, make it into things that would be a good book. So that's one of my hopes and dreams. And it would be a whole lot of hard work. And yeah, I need more hours in the day. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh, I feel you. I I come up with projects and ideas all the time. And I'm like, okay, but what do I have to drop to do that? So. That's just it. That's just it. But yeah, this is fun. And I find it's not, it doesn't feel so much like work when I'm actually listening back and doing the editing of the audio. I find that time flies by. Like, I don't feel like I've been sitting there for whatever, two and a half hours. I look up and I'm genuinely surprised. Like, what? (laughs) How did that happen? So I think that's a good sign too. Yes, right. No, I completely understand. (laughs) Well, I guess if we want to wrap up, do you have any um, words of wisdom for, you know, your gardening uh, years, lessons you've learned that you'd like to share and maybe um, share some of your favorite episodes from Nova Scotia, Scotia Kitchens? Sure. So the garden, I have learned to just, oh my goodness, for, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> it's the place for me that's just I love things tidy. I love my house tidy and I can be really like start the day with a list and these are the things we're going to do. And I find the garden for me is the one place where I'm just like, you know what? 
if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll try to help it along, but I try not to stress out or worry about anything. Um, it's really, I'm always pleasantly surprised by things that I think have died that come back or things that I think aren't going to do well and they do. So I think just really try to relax and enjoy enjoy your garden and yeah make it a wonderful place that you like to be in that's kind of the best as far as, <laughs> just relax about it um as far as favorite episodes i love oh there's lots of them that i love um i love petra's biscuit roulade which is a german uh, with any kind of berries you can make it it's a rolled sponge cake and that's my friend uh, Petra's from Germany, and it was her recipe of her grandmother's. And I love those ones that have that, you know, that family connection. Those recipes mm-hmm. of people. Um, and Katie made um, apple dumplings in October. Oh yeah, I like that one. That was recipe. Yeah, and so that was a recipe of her grandmother's. So those ones are kind of special to me. And then <laughs> I could just name them all, but <laughs> the first episode was with my neighbor Mrs. Craft, who is a grandmother. And she made molasses cookies, which I think that's probably the episode that I've gotten the most positive feedback about. And everybody's, oh, I love her kitchen so much. And she's so sweet. And the cookies are so good. So I really love that one too. And that was my first one. So I feel like I was really kind of, you know, stumbling through trying to figure out what I was doing. But that one was really, really fun. And do you want to share your where people can find you online? Um, obviously, the the podcast website, you've, you've shared that, but I, I do know you have a blog and I took a deep dive into it and I was like, oh, I, w- I wish you blogged more. It's so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. you write so well. You know, oh, thank you. Oh, I'm blushing. I probably literally am. I'm a blush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah. So NovaScotiaKitchens.com is the podcast website where you can see all the pictures and listen to the audio and all that stuff. Um, I'm on Instagram at Nova Scotia Kitchens, but if you want like just Mimi, it's Graham Sherry. G-R-A-H-A-M-S-H-E-R-R-I-E. And that's where I post all the pictures of our backfield and gardeny things and my cat. We're getting a new kitten. I can't wait in a few weeks. Oh, yay. <laughs> I love cats. Um, so, yeah. So Graham Sherry on Instagram. And, yes, I have to resurrect the blog. <laughs> this is a funny story, which is totally edited out. It's not really that funny. I just let <laughs> Wellington Farm is the blog. And I kind of let it slide because I was just like, okay, there's just too many things. But then people keep asking me, like, oh, you talked about this in that post, or um, why can't find your blog? I was looking for this thing or that thing that you had mentioned, and have you written on your blog? Like, lots of people who I just run into kind of around town or through work or whatever. So, um, so I renewed it for like a month. So I could, anyway, I'm gonna renew it, okay, and I okay. have to do it. So I'm gonna do that today because <laughs> I just told you that. So I will do that, and I will, yeah. Hopefully. Because I find writing there too, um, it's just good for me. Like, yes, good for me, you know? So, yeah, I should make a point to do that. So yeah, I, I actually, I think you mentioned it on Instagram once, and I was like, she has a blog? What? And so I think I had to go like Google your name and Nova Scotia and like a couple pages, and I'm like, oh, there it is. And I found it because you didn't uh, have it linked. And, and uh, I even, so, but yeah, yeah I was glad I found it. And I wish I had found it, you know, years ago when you were writing more, but. Yeah, on my old, old blog there, I wrote all the time about all the things when the boys were little, especially. Oh, yeah. It was fun, but yes. So that was wellingtonfarm.ca, so I'll renew that today. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) 
Well, thank you for coming on and talking about me, your garden and um, the podcast. And I hope more people will listen to the podcast because it's awesome. And it's it's definitely, it's different than anything you're going to find in podcast land right now. So, Oh, thank you so much. That's like the best compliment ever. <laughs> thank you. You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> it was so much fun.